Hello, I'm Paulette Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. I'm a widow. If you aren't, but you're partnered, statistics say you probably will be. 75% of married women become widows. This seems logical since women live longer than men by about seven years and women tend to marry older men. But it's simply coincidence, really, Paulette, (laughs) that I'm publishing this episode on the 13th anniversary of my husband's death and that my interview and publishing schedule lined up so that my guest today focuses on widowhood issues. Dr. Kathleen Reel, who was widowed 16 years ago, though she has remarried, is a former teacher and financial advisor and author of the book, Moving Forward on Your Own, a Financial Guidebook for Widows. While she no longer counsels individual clients, she does write and speak on widowhood issues. When my husband and partner of 36 years died suddenly in January of 2010, there was both good and bad financial news. The good news was that since I had handled the money in our marriage, including running a small business and investing after receiving a modest inheritance, the bad news was that aside from that inheritance, there was little money of which to speak. There was no life insurance, and I lost two-thirds of our income because I had to give up the business. And, of course, my husband's income was no longer part of the uh, part of the story. When I spoke with Kathleen, I wondered if my situation were unusual or not. I started our conversation by asking her, what are the financial issues for widows? It depends on what stage they're at in their widowhood because when they would come to work with me, it could be in the very early stage, that deep grief stage, or he could have been gone for a while, or even if it was not a sudden death, but they anticipated the death, they're not, you know, they're past that deep grief stage, or it could be um, a widow who's been widowed for a number of years, like you and I were, you know, for, for many, many years. But if it's, if it's a widow in early grief, the way some of them would come to me is they had problems with thinking straight, of understanding the money issues, of uh, deciding what they wanted to do. They were being taken advantage of in some cases by unscrupulous professionals out there who swarmed in and wanted to make the kill, or even family members that wanted to take advantage of them. They made decisions too early without really understanding what the whole picture was. Many of the widows that came to me were not sophisticated with money. They understood the daily workings of the household finances, but they didn't have a good picture of what the overall assets were. In fact, many of them didn't even know what they owned as a couple and were shocked to learn that there were accounts all over the place, you know, understanding how money works. I had, I had widows come to me, believe it or not, had never written a check in their life. Well, what recommendations do you have? Let's talk about women at various stages. What recommendations do you have for women who are in an early stage of grief, who suddenly find themselves confronted with financial issues with which they're not familiar? Yeah. Well, the first thing is, not to rush 
to make decisions. There are some things that have to be done right away, like there's going to be the the funeral, <laughs> taking care of those kinds of things. And in fact, um, on my my website, if you've gone there, there's a, a free ebook that you can download. It's called Steps for Recent Widows and Immediate Kinds of Things to Do, such as contacting Social Security and and if you know whether he's working or not, if there was um, human relations department, HR department to find out if there was life insurance beneficiaries or if there were was life insurance that's collecting that, but not necessarily investing that money right away. Um, I had one one gal that uh, her husband was close to death and he'd shared with her that there was a $50,000 life insurance policy on him. And so he went, he died and she filed for that claim. And the, the agent said he wanted to bring the check out to her personally and express his condolences. Okay, all right, she fine. So he got out there, and bottom line is, by the time he left her house, he had convinced her that that fifty thousand dollars that she should invest that in this product that she didn't know what in the world it was, but he he told her that her husband would be happy that she was doing that. She invested in it, and then it was a couple months later, and she realized, oh my gosh, I need this fifty thousand dollars for some other things. There's some repairs that are needed in my house, and um, I've got built, there are some um, unpaid medical bills that I've got a, a cover. And so she contacted him and, and wanted, said she didn't really understand what she had anyway. And she wanted that money back. And he said it was past the, the, the free look back period. And that was language she didn't understand. So she contacted the company headquarters and they said, sorry, they, they really couldn't help her much. And so that's when she came to me and said, how do I get my $50,000 back? Well, I told her I didn't know if I could help or not, but really all it took was uh, the state insurance licensing um, entity and uh, explaining that this poor 75-year-old widow had been taken advantage of by this unscrupulous person. And and uh, here's what happened. And well, it didn't take very long at all. And she got her $50,000 back. But it was a case where she didn't, understand and she felt that yeah she had to invest that money right away what she what she did do with that 50,000 was we you know just parked it in a, a money market until a time later when she would have you know thought through what she really needed that money to be doing for her so it's not rushing it it's deciding what you need to do now what has to happen soon and then what can happen later and what about women who are uh, widowed and find themselves the beneficiary of a large insurance policy, million dollar policy, for example, what recommendations do you have for them? Again, I would apply for the money and get it and park it in a safe place. In fact, some life insurance companies even have a, a, a savings kind of an account that they can just move the money there and they can take distributions from it if they need it, like to make the mortgage payment or whatever, but leave it there until the time that they're ready to decide ultimately where that money is going to go. I imagine you come across a number of women whose lifestyles uh, have to change as a result of being widowed. Yes, that um, there was, I like to tell stories that, that this was a her husband, believe it or not, had been an insurance agent. Sold 
life insurance. So, of course, when he died unexpectedly, and he was a young person in his 40s, died unexpectedly, had a heart attack. And everybody knew that she was going to be well taken care of because he had very, very successful job. They lived in a multi-million dollar house on the golf course and everything was going to be fine. Well, when they started sorting through everything, everything was not fine. And even though he had been an agent, he didn't have insurance on himself. So there was no big insurance, life insurance policy. She had lots of bills and expenses for herself and her, the kids that lived in that house. And we had to have a real heart-to-heart talk about that she could not maintain that lifestyle because she did not work at that. And it was, in fact, it was going to be, she was shocked that she was going to have to go back to work because she had a very high life that she was enjoying and did, they did parties. They had lots of rich friends and she, she just said, well, she couldn't sell that house and move elsewhere. What would her friends think? <laughs> that was a hard, hard, hard reality to face. There was another woman that she had no idea how much they really were worth. And she bought me boxes of stuff. And she said, these were statements that he had. She was in her 70s, by the way. And could I sort through and figure it out? Yes, I could. So I started going through and I, I was amazed to see him. Mean, he had account, he had accounts like three dozen places. I guess that's his his way of diversifying investments was to go <laughs> to different banks. Maybe he got a new toaster or something every time he opened an account, but it was all over the place. So the, the first real meeting we had, it was to, to show her her net worth statement, where everything was. And I had it on two pages and we went through and there were subtotals and we got to the point where it was about a half a million dollars. And she said, yep, that's about what Fred and I were worth. And I said, no, Phyllis, there's a lot more. Oh, there couldn't be more. We, we weren't that kind of people, but we went through. And by the time we got down to the bottom, I mean, they were, and this was over a decade ago, they were worth over $2 million. And she was just absolutely shocked. She was mad. She said, all these years, he said, we had to save, save, save. I couldn't get that new dinette set that I wanted. We couldn't travel to the Holy Lands with the church. When our son was building a house, we couldn't help him with it because we had to save and we could have been doing things and enjoying life a whole lot more. Well, she didn't savor that lifestyle very long because she started spending money. She had a girlfriend and she started traveling with her, <laughs> started spending some of that money. So most of the cases, though, that I have seen were ones where they thought they were worth more than what they really were. You said that financial advisors typically don't focus or, or approach widows any differently than they do anyone else. What are the differences? What should financial advisors be dealing with uh, when they deal with widows? 70% of all widows fire the advisors that they were working with with their husband after the death of their husband. And that's probably because the advisor pretty much just focused on the husband. I had some potential clients that would come to me as couples and it was, the husband just wanted to see, he said, well, Mildred's not really interested in all that money stuff. And I would say, at least for the first year, the foundation year, you got to work together on this so that she does understand it. So when that time comes, she will know what what it's about. I had numerous ones. The gal, the widow would come to me and I still remember one, she, she, 
came in. She said she got a phone call from their financial advisor. And he said that he needed to meet with her. There was some paperwork that she needed to sign. She said she was hardly, hardly ever been there. It was always her husband that just went there. Or, or he got his hot tips on the golf course with this financial planner. She wasn't included. Anyway, she got her, got her way down to that financial planner's. And he started talking to her about she should feel really good because she was beating the market. And she said, that was the last thing that I could, could care about, that I was beating the market. And he was talking about, he pulled out reports and graphs and charts. And, and she said, I never understood those things before. And I really didn't understand them now. And I just, Kathleen, I just wanted to know if I was going to be okay financially. Could I still stay in my house? Could I still help my granddaughter with her college education? Could I still continue to give to my church? And she said, he he just kept referring to my husband as my deceased spouse. She said, I don't even think he said his name the whole time that we were together. And I started crying and he really didn't know what to do with me. And then he had this paperwork and I didn't know what it was all about. And I just left. I told him I, I had another appointment and and I just left. And then his secretary called the next day to reschedule the meeting. And I said that I was busy and I'd get back to him later. And then she talked to her friend who told her about me and said, you got to go talk to Kathleen. So when she got to my office, the first thing she said, I, I just want to know, am I going to be okay financially, Kathleen? And we started from there. So a lot of advisors don't, um, they don't listen. You know, they, they've got their agenda all planned, their 45 minute meeting. We're going to get through this. We're going to go through these financial reports. We're going to talk about how the market's doing. Cause that's, you know, that's what they're talking about with their other clients. And they're not listening to the woman's story. They're not talking about Fred who died. They're not remembering stories about, oh, I remember every time Fred would come through that front door, he'd have a new joke to share with me. And we'd laugh so much together. And or, or Fred was such an important part of this community. All the people that were at the, that memorial service and the beautiful things that were spoken about him. So in those early on meetings, they really just need to be listening. And what are her concerns? In fact, I used to do a, I called it thought cloud exercise. I had a piece of paper and I'd say, we're going to write down all the things that you're concerned about. So it was things like, should I sell Fred's car? Yes. Write it down. Selling Fred's car. Um, how much money can I spend on whatever it was now? Um, the insurance money came in and I want to give part of this to the, the grandkids. Is that okay? Um, tax season's coming up and, and Fred always did the taxes. How do I get my income tax? Everything that she was concerned about, I write it down on that piece of paper. And then when we're finished, I said, I'd like to read this back to you and I read it back. Oh, is there anything else that we've missed in there that you're concerned about? So she said it time to get all this out. And then I would assure her that, yes, we are going to be able to do, this. Um, do you find that, did you find that most women who become widows are not co cognizant of their financial situation, don't know about handling money? And if so, why is that? Many of the new widows that came to work with me that had not worked with a financial planner before, they were very familiar with, I would call the household money situation. The bigger picture, like the long-term investments, uh, retirement savings, those kinds of things. I worked with women who were mainly my age. By the way, the average age of a woman who is widowed is 60. I had just passed my 60th birthday mm -hmm. when I was widowed, and you probably were right in I was there. Six, yeah, I was, I was 63. Yeah. Younger widows, I, I believe they are more sophisticated.
I have a friend right now. She's not yet widowed, but she, her husband is, is older than she is and she, and, and is not as good a health as looking forward toward, not forward to, but toward that time. And is um, they're updating the documents, like the legal documents, advanced healthcare directives, making sure everything is in order so that there's no big surprises. And one thing that they found out already was um, one of his investments was uh, the beneficiary had not been changed in years, and it should have it should have been her. That's what he intended it for it to be, but it was still made out to be his ex-wife from years ago. And wouldn't that be terrible if he passed and and there was all that pain of his death and then the beneficiary being wrongly designated? So she right now is is going through all the legal docs um, and making sure that that's up to date. And that's that's giving her comfort that when the time comes that that'll be taken care of already. Kathleen's website is www.kathleenreal.com that's K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-R-E-H-L dot com. And of course, I'll post that on the Woman Worthy Facebook page, as well as some other resources. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.